0: Uh, the first reading is Psalm 103. Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and not all, all his benefits, who forgives all our sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it, and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear Him, and His righteousness with their children's children. With with those who keep His covenant, and remember to obey his precepts.
1: The second reading is from Luke 4. Uh, Jesus had returned from the wilderness uh, after being tested and then now he returns into Galilee and then goes into Nazareth and he'd been preaching and teaching in their synagogues. So let us listen to what the Spirit has to say to us today. When he came to Nazareth, to where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath. As was his custom, he stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him, then he began to say to them, Today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Will you pray with me? Holy God, we give you thanks for your love being present here with us. We ask your blessings on us for the interpretation, the living of these words. Help us as we listen to Jesus' purpose in life to look at our own purpose and how aligned we are with your purposes. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. We are continuing the sermon series of talking about uh, living the life. And living the life as a metaphor for saying, you know, living the big life, the happy life, but really living the life is about living according to God's will in our lives, what God wants for each of our lives. And ultimately, that is living the big good life, the happy life, if we are able to uh, stay focused on purpose. Now, some of you have been reading the book, uh, 40 Days, 40 Prayers, uh, 40 Words, uh, or maybe I should have said it the other way. Is it 40 words? No, 40 days, that's true, 40 days. Uh, 40 prayers, 40 uh, words by Bruce Reyes Chow. And one of the days uh, recently, it was about purpose. And we were uh, considering our purpose actually as we were sharing in in my family, talking about purpose. And we laughed about the first part of uh, the reading because he talks about the fact that it's really hard to know your purpose in life all the time, he said he would rather have uh, a big sign Coming from God, meaning, he said he would he would really love if there was a verified letter that arrived in the mail, telling him specific instructions about his purpose in life. Or better yet, he said he would take a retired pigeon uh, messenger that would messenger pigeon that would come to his house and say, Hey, you know, there's a message here saying you are on the right track of life uh, and I thought that was really funny because considering how most of us would go through life and then you know you think you're, you're, you're on the right track and then you feel like but maybe not, maybe you know I'm, I'm missing the point, maybe this detour is really taking me off the path or maybe this is not the job for me or maybe this is not uh, where I need to be there are many factors that really kind of cloud our sense of purpose. So knowing our purpose, staying focused on our purpose is not always easy. Those one of these, this is one of those eternal questions for you teenagers, uh, you're probably probing that question really hard right now, who am I? What am I gonna do with my life? What is, what is, uh, you know, people ask you, so what are you gonna do? Where, I know for Sophia, what are you gonna do with uh, going to college? What are you studying? And then you, know, you wanna come up with a good answer because if you sound like you know, you're not sure, it kinda makes you feel bad um, and, it, and you feel really good to have an answer. But really within us, even as adults, we go through these periods of life and life transitions. Some of you are retired and so that question becomes even more important what is my purpose in life? And think about it when someone uh, ends up uh, going to a nursing home, what is your purpose in life at that point? How do you reconcile this whole business of purpose when according to the world, your purpose has diminished or is not really on track? I'm glad you're here, Phil. And I know probably the time change got you. I was just predicting today, this morning, I said, I wonder who's going to be walking in. I've done it before, believe it or not. One time, I almost missed church. I was leading worship. I got the call at 8 o'clock in the morning saying, where are you, Rula? I'm like, well, I'm almost there. Why? It's 9 o'clock. Ah, I hit the panic button, but we're glad you're here. Um, Purpose is not one of those things that you can really say, I've got I've got a hold of it. Any of you struggle with purpose? Raise your hand. Yeah. What is my purpose? Sometimes it's not just about the big stuff of life. Sometimes it's today. What is, what is God calling me to do today? And so we look at Jesus going into the synagogue, pulling out this um, scroll and picking this specific passage. Now you have to think, this is pretty hard to find in a scroll. It's not like, you know, in the scroll it was uh, chapters and numbers if any of you have gone to a, a jewish synagogue and seen the scroll it's pretty hard to find your place so you really need to know where you are or to have prepared that so jesus must have been very intentional about that piece of opening to that specific passage to really read it and to present this as his purpose now When we read these words about proclaiming release to the captives and, uh, you know, preaching, proclaiming the good news to the poor, we get to this part where it says the year of the Lord's favor and and miss some of the depth of what Jesus was talking about, about his mission and vision for life. It was uh, one of the terms that was used for Jubilee in. Deuteronomy 15 and Numbers 25, you find these uh, terms talking about Jubilee. Now, Jubilee is one of those legislations that God established for the people of Israel as part of their covenant when they were released from slavery in Egypt. So the, Ju- the year of jubilee was supposed to be the year 50. After 50 years of living in the land, they were supposed to practice this big sabbatical of letting their slaves free, letting, releasing debts and releasing any, any land that was taken because somebody fell on hard times and lost their, their land. It was supposed to be returned to their birth right. Uh, Family to say it so families didn't or tribes didn't lose their land. And there was also the legislation to let the land uh, lie fallow, to to let the land just rest from farming. So it was a, a big theme. And yet, when Jesus proclaimed it, he wasn't foolish to think that people were practicing that, he knew that they were far away from the practices of justice that God had established before them. So he was proclaiming a reversal of fortunes to restore things to the way God intended them to be. That was his purpose. That was the purpose of his mission and his vision for the world. Very big theme when you think about it. But the curious thing that he does at the end of that when he sits down and people are waiting for the sermon, I like that Jesus made them wait. You know, he sat down and they're like, okay, so what's he gonna say? They were, you know, waiting to hear what is going to happen. And he says a shocking thing. Today, today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. What was he talking about? What? This has been fulfilled, how could that be? What is he, a dreamer? The world is built on greed. The economy is in shambles. People are suffering. There are so many poor people. What, there are so many slaves. He can't be talking about our time. He can't be imagining this happening today. Yet Jesus did. He saw beyond the circumstances. Uh, This was life as we see it, where people practice injustice or the economy is built to advantage a certain amount of people or a certain group of people while others suffer. If you look at the world today, uh, this week I've been praying for the Rohingyas uh, and, and the suffering of these people and, and this scripture really broke my heart thinking, you know, how far away we are from where God has intended life to be. But Jesus knew all of that. But he could see underneath all of that suffering also the reality of the spirit. He could see that, yes, we have a lot of work to do, but also there are people who are working for justice. There are people who take their money and resources and go to Guatemala and care. There are people who are working in the midst of all of this mess to bring healing, to bring justice, to release the oppressed. There are people who are captured by that vision. Now, the key today that I want to focus on is the word today, now. What does that mean for us in the world when we are so distracted, when we cannot focus on the present moment? Any of you struggle with that? One person only. Good. I'm so glad you're all right on. Nobody's thinking about lunch. Nobody's thinking about all the chores that you have. It's just part of our mind. Uh, That's how our brains work. You are in the present moment, but you're really not present to the present moment. You're either dwelling on something that happened in the past, or you are worried about the future, or worried about how things are gonna go in this present moment. And that's a function of how our brains analyze things. Uh, In the first service, we watched a video I wish I could show it to you because I I found it to be really fascinating. And uh, in the copies of the sermon, you can uh, go to the link and watch it. It's about 44 minutes, but it's very enlightening about how the human brain works and why we look back at things and feel good. Like about the, you know, you go on a vacation, During vacation, you might be struggling because you had a blister in your foot, uh, on on the bottom of your foot. That never (laughs) happens to us. Sophia and I always laugh about one trip. We went uh, down to Florida, the first day, the very first day, (laughs) Mike shares with us, and I'm glad he's not here. (laughs) He says, I think I'm developing a blister. So he takes the shoe off, we look. Oh, I mean, it was not just developed, it was popped and ugly and oh. And this was the first day, the first day of vacation. We had seven days, and so imagine the pain, but none of that we remember later, of course, except for Sophia and I laughed just to tease Mike. But when you look at the pictures, when you look at the pictures from your trip and all of that, what do you feel? You don't remember the sand that stung you on the beach. You don't think of how hungry you were or how tired you were. You think of all the good moments. Because in your brain, there is an editor that only focuses on those really good times. Um, you don't remember the dull moments, and so you focus. I mean, how many times do you hear that? The good old days, do you ever hear that? you ever say that to yourself? Back when I was young, life was really, you know, fun. Well, not really, when you think about it. There were moments of uh, struggle, there were times of challenge, there were other experiences. You might be remembering just the parts that you would like to remember, but most of us would know that there is more to life uh, that, that was happening. Like, people think of the 1950s, a great time, Uh, Not really, there were all kinds of issues, social issues and social struggles. You might just not wanna remember those times. You don't, that's how your brain works. Same as for the future, we're also thinking of all the potential problems that may happen. So we're preoccupied. And what that does for us is that we're never able to focus on our purpose in the present moment. In this moment, that's all we have, that's all we have right here, right now. But what we do is totally the opposite. We're not able to be present to God, to purpose, to life, to this very moment and what we're called to do in this time. So today I want to invite us to think about this invitation of Jesus, of his mission, and what that means for you now in this present moment. Not to think just about your life purpose and you know whether you're gonna graduate from college, Chelsea, and become an engineer or not. That's, that's the bigger picture. But today, how are you called to live out that purpose? How are you called to align your life with, with Jesus' vision? And one thing to consider for um, how we can live with this double vision that Jesus had is the difference between chronos time and kairos time. In in the New Testament, these are two Greek concepts and words and the chronos time is basically just the time of the clocks, the calendars, the time we associate with life, but kairos is where the bigger picture of time, the eternal, where God is present in every moment, uh, where the Holy Spirit is up to something in your life or leading you to connect with the eternal. So when we think of Jesus and his life and all the ups and downs, uh, and thanks to the bell choir for all the Lenten music and thinking of the cross, even on the cross, he never lost sight of the eternal of that kairos time, of where God was calling him to be. Even in the worst possible time, he never lost his sense of purpose because he was grounded in that present moment that God was with him all the time. In every moment, he was present to whatever the experience might have presented to him. So this doesn't mean that this will shield you from pain. It just would protect your sense of who you are, where you are as you occupy that present moment. So you may feel more deeply the pain you're experiencing because you're focused on the present. Many of us would like to distract ourselves from pain, Um, just a normal reaction because it's kind of hard to deal with, with pain. But if we're present with that gentleness of spirit, with that gentleness and power of the spirit, we're able to be transformed through those experiences. And this week, we have a challenge for you, again, from Heidi Heverkamp, where the challenge is not to skip lunch, but to uh, fast from the media for one day, maybe, or half a day, or an evening. Media or entertainment. So take the time to just be. Now, it doesn't mean that, I I don't want you to hear this as a punishment. If you love your phone and all of that, I'm not gonna look in this direction here. But but you're always on the phone or always watching something. And I'm guilty, I like playing puzzles and, you know, just fast from that, um, just to be for whatever amount of time you can afford to give to to yourself as a gift of enjoying the present moment, of being present, of praying for the world, for healing, for justice, for thinking of your part in this big puzzle of, of life. And so wherever you are, whatever God is calling you to do, focus on that and invite the Holy Spirit to engage you to live your life with a purpose that Christ had of proclaiming release to the captives, of letting the oppressed go free, of bringing sight to the blind, of healing those who are brokenhearted, but also of making this reality of the kingdom of God more present through your life. Amen.